You know, it doesn't matter how valiantly you fight a battle if you lose the war. And it doesn't matter how religious you are if, in the end, you come up short of salvation. And that's what was happening to most of the Jews in Paul's day. They were stumbling over Jesus. And in doing so, we're stumbling short of salvation. We've already seen how that broke Paul's heart. So much so that he said he would be willing, if possible, to give up his own salvation for the salvation of his people. They were stumbling over Jesus, and it broke Paul's heart. But you know, I'm afraid that the Jews of 2,000 years ago are not the only ones who stumbled short of salvation. Some of us may actually be stumbling short of the same thing today. If you have zeal without knowledge, works without faith, belief without confession, and yes, belief without baptism you may indeed be stumbling short of salvation. If we are, let's do something about it before it's too late. So let's begin. Do you, like the Jews, have zeal without knowledge? If so, I say with the Apostle Paul, brethren, my heart's desire and my prayer to God for them, for you, is for their salvation. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For not knowing about God's righteousness, they seek to establish their own. They did not subject themselves to the righteousness of God. No one can doubt the zeal of the Jews. No one was more zealous for God than the Jews. Paul could personally attest to Jewish zeal. He had been so zealous that he hunted down and, and killed the Jews who had converted to Christianity and wouldn't recant what he then thought to be heresy. And most Jews had a zeal for God. They, they lived in a pagan world, and they were the only ones who worshipped the one true God, and most of them took God's law very seriously. This was obvious in the way they observed the Sabbath. It, it wasn't easy to avoid work on the Sabbath, at least not work the way the rabbis interpreted it. We've mentioned this before, the extremes to which they went to stay within the law, how, how they would find a stone to spit on, because to spit in the dust would make a little indentation, and they figured that was digging a hole. And how they would use a garment to lower a bucket into a well for water, because tying a knot in a rope on the Sabbath was classified work, whereas tying a knot in your garment wasn't. No one could deny they were zealous for God. But Paul says their zeal was not in accordance with knowledge. 
They were acting out of ignorance, as he had done when he was persecuting the church. They understood that God was righteous, and they knew they would also have to be righteous to fellowship with him. But they did not understand that God was willing to give them righteousness. They thought they had to earn it. So they tried to make themselves righteous, but it did not work. Paul didn't question their sincerity. They were sincerely zealous for God, but they were wrong, and it did them no good. You know, my grandmother once told me that it didn't matter what you believed as long as you were sincere. Now, I loved my grandma, but she was wrong. It does matter what you believe. Just because you're sincere doesn't mean you're right. You may be sincerely wrong. And the Jews were wrong. And so is everyone else who doesn't accept the righteousness of God made available through his son. Jesus said if we would abide in his word, we would know the truth. And the truth would make us free. So make sure your zeal is in accordance with knowledge. Make sure you know the truth. Don't stumble short of salvation because you never bothered to check if what you believed and were zealous about was actually what the Bible taught. Don't stumble short of salvation. Because you don't know what God has said. And don't stumble short of salvation because your works are without faith. Let's read on. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. For Moses writes that the man who practices the righteousness which is based on the law shall live by that righteousness. But the righteousness based on faith speaks thus. Do not say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven, that is, to bring Christ down? Or who will descend in the abyss, that is, to bring Christ up from the dead? In Galatians 3, Paul spoke of the law as a tutor, a teacher, intended to lead us to Christ. And that's the same thing he's saying here. Christ is the end of the law. He's the fulfillment of the law. The purpose of the law was to make it obvious that no one was righteous. Moses himself made it clear that if a man were going to seek righteousness through the law, he would have to live a perfectly righteous life. The problem is no one can do it. No one can live a perfectly righteous life. Not when judged by the plumb line of God's law. Now, that's not to say good works aren't to be a part of of our life. James says faith without works is useless and that we show our faith by our works. But faith recognizes that we don't have to storm the gates of heaven to win salvation. 
to bring a Savior to earth. Nor did we fetch Jesus from the grave. He came from heaven of his own accord, and he arose from the dead by his own power. Salvation is provided by him and what he did alone. We don't work for it because we could never earn it. We merely receive it as a gift and then express our gratitude through a life of good works. We do try to please him after we've been saved. But we realize we could never do enough to merit salvation. It's our faith in what he did by coming to earth, dying and rising again, that saves us. The Jews stumbled over that fact and therefore stumbled short of salvation. Now, most of us don't have a problem accepting what Jesus did for us. We believe it. But some might stumble short of salvation if they believe, believe it without confessing it. Let's go on. But what does it say? The word is near to you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith with which we are preaching. That if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. No one should have to go far to hear the gospel. Not in a, a nation of believers. It should be in the mouth as well as the heart of every believer. And it will be if we expect Jesus to confess us before the Father in heaven. Jesus told us that himself. If we confess him before men, he will confess us before the Father in heaven. That's conditional. We're commanded to confess him. It's not enough just to believe in him. Our belief must be expressed for the sake of others as well as for our own sake. Until our belief that Jesus was raised from the dead causes us to confess him as Lord, it does no one any good. You know, if a cure for cancer exists and you have cancer, it does no good to believe in the cure unless you tell the doctor you're willing to take it. And if those around you have cancer, you'll do them no good unless you tell them of the cure. The same is true of the gospel. The word of faith that has been preached to us. If it doesn't do enough on the inside to force expression on the outside, it hasn't done enough to save you. You can't remain in silence and be saved. Now, 
That's not to say you have to come forward on a Sunday morning and repeat after the preacher, I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, to be saved. We practice that. I encourage that. I love to see that happening. But it's not a requirement for salvation that you come forward and shake my hand, okay? Jesus merely said you have to confess him before men. Doing it in church is only one way to do it. You can and should do it in the home, in the neighborhood, in the workplace, as well as the church. And it's something that should be done not just once, but over and over and over again. Don't say, oh, yes, 40 years ago I confessed Jesus as my Lord, so I'm good to go. No. No. You've got to keep sharing that. And if it's in your heart, you're not going to be able to keep it from slipping through your lips. It's going to be there. Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Don't assume you're saved just because Jesus is God's son. If you haven't actually said it, that you believe it. You're short of salvation. And if you have belief without baptism, you may be stumbling short of salvation as well. Verses 11 through 13. For the scripture says, whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, abounding in riches for all who call upon him. And whoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. So where's baptism in that? Well, stick with me and I think we'll find out. Paul is making it clear that the gospel message is for everyone. There's no distinction between Jew and Greek. God does not have two plans of salvation, one for the Jews and one for the Greeks or the Gentiles. Whoever believes in Christ will not be disappointed. Christ will do what he said he'd do. He is Lord of all, and he has abounding riches For all who call upon him, for as the prophet Joel declared, whoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. The offer of salvation is open to everyone who will call on the name of the Lord. The question is, how do you call on the name of the Lord? You know, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who's in heaven. So just crying out, Lord, Lord, is not enough. Just calling Jesus Lord is not enough. And just asking him to save us is not enough. We do have to do something. We have to do the will of our Father in heaven. And what is his will? 
His will is that we believe in his Son and that we call upon the name of the Lord. But again, how do we call on the name of the Lord? We do it the same way Paul did it. In Acts 22, he tells us of his conversion. How he was a zealous Jew who persecuted the way until the resurrected Lord appeared to him on the road to Damascus. He tells us how the glory of Christ blinded him. And he was sent into the city to await instructions. Three days later, Ananias came to him and said, And now, why do you delay? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on his name. You know, Christian baptism is not only the way we share in the death burial, and resurrection of Jesus, it's also the way we call on the name of the Lord. It's the way we confess our faith in what Jesus did on the cross and the way we make it apply to us personally. I know there's a lot of confusion about baptism. You hear different voices of what's required or not required, how to do it. Maybe you don't even need to do it. I think Scripture is pretty clear. Please, don't let baptism become a stumbling block that will make you fall short of salvation. My heart's desire and prayer to God is for your salvation. You know, I mentioned a few weeks ago, I don't have the heart of, of Paul. I, I'm sorry, I'm not willing to give my salvation up to secure yours. But it is my heart's desire that you accept it. I do agonize over that. I do pray for you. I try to be faithful in preaching the truth as best I know how. I try to answer your questions as clearly and distinctly as I can. My heart's desire is for you to be saved. So don't let zeal without knowledge, works without faith, belief without confession, or belief without baptism cause you to stumble short salvation. Surrender your all to the Lordship of Jesus. And don't let anything cause you to stumble short of salvation. Go all the way to the assurance we can have that whoever will call on the name of the Lord and do it the way the Lord has commanded will be saved. Don't stumble short. Of salvation. If there's an obstacle in your way this morning, climb over it. Don't let anything block your progress on the road to eternal life. If you don't understand something, ask 
we'll study it out. If you don't think you're good enough to be saved, you're right. (laughs) Just admit it. And let Christ share his righteousness with you. If you've been hesitant to share your faith, hesitate no longer. Confess it openly and claim the promise that if you'll do so, you'll not stand alone before the judgment seat of God. Christ will be there to tell the judge that he has paid the penalty for your sin. And if you've not been baptized, immersed into Christ, now is the time to quit arguing about it and just do it. Don't stumble short of salvation.